Welcome back to Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromelo. And by the time you hear me say those words, we will officially be one week away from the kickoff of the 2017 NFL season. We are almost there. You can feel it, man. It, it, this is just the best time of year. That's all I can say. But before that, we here at Sports Crunch want to give all you fantasy owners out there some final pieces of advice to dominate your league as you finalize those draft boards. And to help us do that, it's a pleasure to welcome back a great friend of the show who's now the director of fantasy content for ProFootballSpot.com, our good friend Jake Arthur. How you doing, Jake? I'm awesome, guys. Thanks for having me back on. You're very welcome, Jake, and thank you so much for donating your time and your talent amidst this busy time of year. And uh, without further ado, let's get started with some of the most recent news in the National Football League that concerns fantasy owners, starting with the New England Patriots at the season-ending injury to Julian Edelman. With the Patriots losing Julian Edelman for the season with the torn ACL, Brandon Cooks has been bumped up draft boards, and rightfully so. But after talking with another previous guest on the show, Ari Engel of FootballGuys.com on Twitter about this subject last week, he told me to not discount Chris Hogan either. He said that although Cooks is the far more dynamic player, it's fair to wonder if Hogan ends up outproducing him. How possible is that, that Hogan outproduces Cooks? And when is the earliest you would consider drafting Chris Hogan? Um, I, I guess it's possible uh, in a couple couple different uh scenarios i could see hogan out producing cooks and touchdowns uh but as as far as uh the skill set that tom brady looks for i think brandon cooks fits that perfectly uh not to discredit brady but he he loves things closer to the line of scrimmage and i just think cooks is going to be able to make more things happen in that scenario uh he's going to be better at run after the catch i my, my initial worry with cooks was that though he's a high target guy that Edelman was going to take a ton of that away just because of Brady's comfortability with him. But I mean, now you got to throw that out the window and, and cooks kind of becomes the guy outside of Rob Gronkowski. Um, so I, while I think Hogan could get more touchdowns, cause I also think he's going to be a very touchdown dependent guy. He might also have a couple games where he's the featured guy, maybe gets 120 yards or so. I think at the end of the day, uh, Brandon Cooks is definitely the way to go. Uh, if I was going to draft Hogan, which um, I I haven't been making it a point to yet so far in any mocks or anything, um, but I, I'd be okay with taking him later in the draft, you know, 10th round or later. I'm not going to prioritize him because I, I don't see things, I don't see him just suddenly exploding or anything like that. Uh, so I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact quite yet and force him up my draft boards. You know maybe I I wind up kicking myself for that, but I've I don't know I've I've just found other options I like a little better. Very very good point there, Jake. And staying with the Patriots for a moment, uh, uh, after uh, conversing on Twitter with other people about the Edelman injury, two other Patriots names that could get a production bump came up, and those were running backs Rex Burkhead and James White. I can easily see both of them getting an increase in targets, especially on underneath routes, in order to help fill the void left behind by Edelman's injury. Do you buy their potential to be fantasy difference makers in PPR leagues? Um, you know, again, I, I'm not going to boost them up because of this injury a ton. I think those two already did have uh, pretty good value. I think they're both very good PPR options. Um, 
but you know, Dion Lewis is, is still there as well. Mike Gillisley. I, uh, I'm, I'm not really rising or lowering anyone in the Patriots backfield because of this injury specifically. I think Brady probably will get, there will probably be at least one running back that kind of rises above the rest in the passing game. And in recent memory, that's been Dion Lewis. So, uh, we can't really say that that won't be him again. Um, so, you know, before the season starts, I'm not, I'm not moving much of these guys around until we actually see what their roles become, just because the, the Patriots are so unpredictable from a fantasy perspective, and especially with how many quality running backs they have right now that all will deserve playing time. You said it, Jake. Uh, for now, I think it's best to avoid that muddled Patriots backfield. And from one fantasy-efficient offense to another, let's move on to the New Orleans Saints, who have a little bit of a fantasy dilemma concerning who will be the next wide receiver behind Michael Thomas in their pecking order for targets. Although Willie Sneed remains listed much higher on draft boards than Ted Ginn Jr., Ginn has received more snaps than Seed in two receiver sets during the preseason. Ginn's explosiveness also makes him the better candidate of the two to fill the Brandon Cooks role in the Saints offense. Would you rather draft Ted Ginn in, say, round 12 or Willie Sneed in round 7? That one is pretty tough. Uh, I've seen the same information you're talking about where, you know, Ginn has been taken over in the two receiver sets. And, you know, he's he's basically the one that's taking over the Brandon Cooks role as as the explosive option, the outside downfield threat. I, I don't know if Sneed's, and I, I honestly didn't really think this much after Brandon Cooks left, I don't know that Sneed's um, role is going to change all too much. You know, he was really reliable for Breeze. Uh, he, he had some games where he wasn't really around much at all. He had some games where he would you know, get 80 yards or more or a touchdown. I, I kind of expect almost the exact same from him this year that we saw last year. Um, to answer your question about where I would rather draft him, uh, I honestly think I would probably have Ginn later on in the draft just because um, Sneed's value is being pushed up a little much. And, you know, if Ginn clicks with Drew Brees like he is in the past with Cam Newton, you could really catch lightning in a bottle and get some really good production out of him and have spent, you know, a real minuscule draft pick on him. The the value is there for Ginn at the end of the draft. I completely agree. Ted Ginn is one of my favorite late-round value picks in fantasy this year. And moving right along, uh, let's move to the story that has the eyes of the NFL and the fantasy world on it right now, and that is the status of Ezekiel Elliott's appeal of a six-game suspension. The hearing on the appeal is expected to last into tomorrow, and a decision might not come until next week. However... All signs point to Elliott taking this to court if the league upholds most or all of the suspension as it's expected they will. Thus, it's very likely this ends up being a replay of Deflategate when Tom Brady got his four-game suspension fully delayed until the following season uh, given the court system. Given that likelihood, would you be comfortable drafting Ezekiel Elliott in the first two rounds even before the league issues a verdict on his appeal? Uh, First round, no. Second round, yes. I would be comfortable taking Zeke still. Um, I actually have already done that in, in one league. Uh, I, I think the the value is there, you know, because he's a top three running back. He's my number three uh, behind only David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell uh, right before they announced this suspension. And, uh, you know, the second round, it's not a make or break round. If you can get an elite running back right there, that's fine. 
Um, you know, he might play week one, however long this whole, uh, um, appeals process goes, you know, we've seen the NFL have these kind of things carried out far too long, almost to a, actually to a ridiculous level. If you take the Tom Brady stuff into account, so you could be with him all year, you know, and, and that would have been a bummer to pass him up if you're going to have him the whole time. Um, but you know, at the, at the worst, you're probably at least having him for half a year. If the suspension is held up, you're going to have him for the second half of the year, including the playoffs, and he's going to be fresher uh, because I believe the Cowboys also have a week seven bye, so he's really going to be out like the entire first half of the year. So uh, I think I think he is valuable enough to pick up. The Cowboys love to just feed him when he's in there. Uh, he's said to be uh, featured more in the passing game this year. So I don't think you can go wrong getting him in the second round, but I would not take him in the first. He is Jake Arthur, ladies and gentlemen, fantasy content director for ProFootballSpot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at JakeArthurNFL. And now moving right along, let's play a game called Pick and Choose. And this is a game where I list you two players, and we enter a hypothetical scenario that both of them are on the board at the same time, and you had to pick one of them. Who would it be and why? And our first scenario, Dalvin Cook or Kareem Hunt? All right, I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook on this one uh, just because I'm already a big Dalvin Cook fanboy even before the draft. I think he's in a really good situation. Uh, not that Kareem Hunt isn't, uh, but Cook is really dangerous in the passing game and obviously in the running game. I like that Minnesota has uh, done their work in trying to improve their offensive line this offseason. Uh, Cook is, we're all going to see that Cook is going to be one of the biggest big play threats at running back in the entire league. Uh, that said, I do really like Kareem Hunt. I, I think he brings, you know, a three down back ability to the table as well. Uh, but because of Cook's ability to score anytime, I'm definitely going that way. Doug Martin or Joe Mixon? Uh, Joe Mixon on that one. That, that one is actually really close and really tough. Um, I don't like either of their timeshare scenarios. And then, you know, Martin is going to be suspended for the first little bit of the year. Um, so that take comes into effect uh, right away. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have other running backs on the roster that they really like. They get Jacquez Rogers involved all the time. You never know if Charles Sims is going to see snaps. And then Jeremy McNichols, they drafted him as well, and they're going to intend on using him. Uh, in Cincinnati, I think Mixon just has to basically beat out Jeremy Hill, who has never, other than his rookie year, really grasped the starting role. And then uh, Giovanni Bernard, who is coming off a torn ACL and is mostly just effective in the passing game. I think Mixon is the best of both worlds with Hill and Bernard. And I think the the Bengals will eventually give way to that and give him the starting role. I agree with that on Mixon, but it should be expected by all of Mixon's fantasy owners that he will probably have a slow start to the 2017 season. And a wide receiver scenario, Martavis Bryant or Allen Robinson? Oh, man. Um, Allen Robinson would probably be my pick there. Um just because, number one, Martavis Bryant is just a failed drug test away from being out full-time, basically. 
And, you know, when guys fill out many drug tests, you cannot trust them anymore. Um, and then you have, you have to factor in the fact that he is probably the third or fourth weapon on that offense behind uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Ben Roethlisberger almost never played 16 games. So, you know, you kind of have to look right away at Allen Robinson. I know he definitely had a, a disappointing season in 2016 compared to what he did in 2015. I think Blake Bortles is the first, second, and third reasons to blame there. And there's going to be no change in the quarterback situation. But Allen Robinson is at least the number one option there in Jacksonville with them having a good, hopefully a good running game this year with Leonard Fournette. That should make teams respect the running game now, which they had no reason to in the past. So you could see more op- uh, more opportunities for Allen Robinson to make plays this year. You most certainly could, especially if the Jaguars are playing from behind and Blake Bortles being the king of garbage time fantasy. And another receiver scenario, Larry Fitzgerald or Terrell Pryor? Well, I'm going Terrell Pryor on that one. I'm actually really big on him this year. Um, you know, he, he's going to a situation where he's going to have the best quarterback he's ever played with. He's going to be another year advanced in his development as a receiver. And, uh, you know, I, I, I hate to rag on Larry, but he's not getting any younger. He was enormously productive last year. Um, but, you know, how, how long can you count on that? You just, you really can't. I think Pryor has a world of upside and is going to reach uh, wide receiver one numbers this year. So in that scenario, I'm going to go with Terrell Pryor. Moving on to tight ends, Jimmy Graham. Or Delaney Walker. Ooh, okay. I, I like that one. Uh, I'll go with Jimmy Graham. It's it's hard to study a guy that plays up there in the Northwest because you almost never see him live. Um, and and I've been a huge Delaney Walker fan ever since he, he came to Tennessee. Um, but you know, Tennessee all all they keep doing is wisely adding offensive weapons around Marcus Mariota, and you know it's. It's just smart to think those targets are going to go elsewhere. You know, Delaney is going to be, you know, in the top two or three in the pecking order in the passing game, but they're a run-heavy team, and they, uh, they're a run-heavy team, and they've, they've got a couple of really good options now um, with, uh, you know, Taiwan Taylor, Corey Davis, Eric Decker. They've added all those guys. And so I think Jimmy Graham is going to be higher up in the pecking order. And I definitely think in the red zone, he's going to be the top option. Um, so it, it, I, I see him just about duplicating what he did last year. And I believe he finished top three among tight ends last year. So, um, you know, and you have to kind of factor in that Seattle can't be as banged up on offense as they were last year. It's just almost not feasible, especially Russell Wilson. So, I think the offense is going to run a little smoother there this year, and, you know, Graham's just going to keep on trucking. Jordan Reed or Greg Olson? I'm going to go with Greg Olson because he's old faithful. Um, As sexy of an option as Jordan Reed is, you know, he's someone I almost never draft because I almost feel like it's a wasted pick because you're not getting him the whole year. And he could break your heart because he's probably going to reel off a four or five game stretch where you're absolutely in love with him. And then he's out for a while. So Greg Olson, you know, 
thousand yards every year, you know, at least five or so touchdowns. He's always came in security blanket. Uh, so that one, that one's easy for me. He's always going to get his looks from Newton. Uh, you got to go that way. I completely agree. I have Olsen ahead of Jordan Reed on my draft board as well. And that's one of the few secrets I will disclose about my draft board. And moving on to quarterbacks, yeah. Russell Wilson or Marcus Mariota? That is very tough. Those those guys are ranked very close for me. Um, but I am going to go with Mariota this year, slightly. Um, I even, I'm, I'm, polishing up my final rankings right now, but I'm going to go with Mariota on that one. Um, to me, he's just very efficient. I think he's always growing. You've never seen any regression with him. He's surrounded by weapons now. Um, with how effective their run game is, it opens up things immensely in the past game. Um, I just really like him this year. Both guys are, are threats on the ground. Um, and you also got to factor in that Tennessee's offensive line is much better than Seattle's. That is a very, very good point, Jake. And finally, Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr? Okay, so Kirk Cousins or Derek Carr. Yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to go with Derek Carr on that one. Um, you know, the Raiders have momentum. Uh, they they want to build off of what they had last year. Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree. They're also welcoming in Jared Cook. Um, you know, their their run game is probably going to be about the same as last year, you know, replacing Latavius Murray with Marshawn Lynch. Uh, I, I do like Kirk Cousins in Washington, but, uh, you know, he's losing Sean McVay as the coordinator. He's losing Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garcon. Um, I think Terrell Pryor will be an upgrade at wide receiver for him. Um but it'll take some adjustments. You may see Cousins get off to a slower start. Uh, overall, I, I give the nod to Carr on that one. I know uh, you have to take preseason performances with a grain of salt, but you cannot walk away from this preseason without being impressed with Deshaun Kaiser, Mitchell Trubisky, and Patrick Mahomes. Given their impressive performances this preseason, are any or if not all of those three rookie quarterbacks worth a late-round flyer in keeper leagues? Um, I think you can give Deshaun Kaiser uh, a, uh, you know, if you're a believer in the Browns or anything, if you're a Browns fan, uh, number one, he's supposed to start the season as the starter. Those other two, you know, haven't been given anything, especially not, uh, not Mahomes. I think they're probably going to hang on to Smith for a, a little bit. Um, Mitch Trubisky, he's definitely outperformed Mike Glennon, uh, but, you know, the Bears said earlier this offseason that they were planning on starting Glennon all year. Um, so you never know how long that'll be. I think you could probably see Trubisky at some point this year. Um, but Kaiser would definitely be the, the one of those three that you would go to. I could also, you know, I also think that you can consider Deshaun Watson a starter at some point this year as well. Very interesting take there on Deshaun Watson, Jake. And he is Jake Arthur once again. Follow him on Twitter at JakeArthurNFL. And we'd have three more questions before we are finished with you for the day here, Jake. Um, who are some players or teams you would avoid drafting in fantasy at all costs? Uh, first one you got to look at is the New York Jets. Um, outside of Bilal Powell, no one on that team you know, I have I have no hankering to draft anyone on there. 
I'm not confident what Matt Forte is going to do. Even Powell, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of saying Matt Forte has some life again, so you don't know how much Powell is going to get. Quincy and Nunn was done for the year. Their quarterbacks are a complete non-option. Um, you could see Austin Safarian Jenkins come to life, so be wary of that. But no way am I planning on, you know, having any Jets in a prominent role on my team. Powell is the only one I would consider there. Um, you know, the the rest of it, you could kind of look at just about any team and, and find someone to use. Even the Browns, you know, I, I like Isaiah Crowell. You could, you know, you could sneak him on as, as a RB2 if you take a zero running back draft approach. I've seen him as people's top running back. Um, he's one, you know, they, they've even got Corey Coleman, Duke Johnson, Kenny Britt, guys like that that you could consider. Um, so really outside of the Jets, there's not many teams I'm totally staying away from. Uh, what about players that you would stay away from no matter what? Uh, that is a good question. Um, some guys I've been trying to avoid. Um, this is basically just based, you know, just based on their value. I, I don't want to take them at the spots they're valued at. Uh, Des Bryant to me is always ranked way too high. He's always early to, to mid second round, but he either gets hurt every year or is underwhelming. You know, outside of that year where he only, where he had like 16 touchdowns, what else have he done for you? You know, give you wide receiver one or two numbers. You know, he, he's he's pretty disappointing consistently. Um, Carlos Hyde, I also have no idea what to think of Carlos Hyde this year. I'm not confident enough in him to spend you know a fourth round pick or so on him. Uh, like a lot of people are, it looks like, you know, it's lately in, in the preseason, if that's any indicator that he's kind of catching on a little more, but you know, it looks like Kyle Shanahan might want to get Joe Williams and uh, Tim Hightower involved. Also, um, those are a couple of guys at the top that I, I kind of try to stay away from. Interesting analysis right there, Jake. And on the flip side, who are some players, especially ones that you could get in the mid to late rounds that you should not want to leave your draft without? Oh, well, I'll consider these guys sleepers that maybe your other league mates don't have many eyes on. Um, some guys I really like, you know, Robert Turbin from the Colts. Um, a, a lot of people, especially with his preseason performance, have kind of started ooing and eyeing over Marlon Mack. Uh, but next up in the pecking order behind Frank Gore, uh, 34-year-old Frank Gore, is Robert Turbin. He, he had a, a really good season last year, and his role is probably going to grow a little bit this year, especially as a touchdown vulture. So keep it, your eyes out for Robert Turbin. Uh, a couple rookie receivers I like, uh, Kenny Galladay and Cooper Cup. I think Cup is going to be especially good in PPR formats, and uh, Kenny Galladay is probably going to have a decent amount of touchdowns. He's been dominant in the red zone. You know, He bodies guys out and gets really good position. Uh, and then if we could see him get on the field consistently, I really want to see Ryan Switzer, you know, but before camp even started, I had an eye on him for fantasy, just thinking, you know, he, he could easily get into that Cole Beasley role and maybe even outperform him. Uh, he's probably a little behind the eight ball missing some practice in preseason time, but you could see later in the year, Ryan Switzer doing some things. Very interesting list there, Jake, and we thank you so much once again for donating your time amidst this 
Very busy week and weekend approaching in the football and fantasy football world. And we have just one final question before we let you go here. Aside from mock drafts, what other last-minute study tips do you have for fantasy owners as they headed to the final days before their draft? Um, well, you know, you know, do do your own research and, and kind of look at your own rankings. Um, you know, I I get bored in between when the leagues I'm in draft, and I do a ton of mock drafts. And I'll I'll tell you, I I get bad grades on my mock drafts a lot, but they're drafts that I'm very happy with because. I've built my rosters how I like, how I think is going to be successful taking players I believe in. So, you know, definitely definitely do your own research and, and kind of come up with your own opinions. Just because you got graded poorly doesn't mean much. You still could, you know, go to the championship. Um, definitely stay on the waiver wire throughout. Um, I don't like the whole... The whole uh, handcuffing in any situation if if you've got a really good running back that you know maybe he's got some issues like Doug Martin or Zeke Elliott for example they obviously would need handcuffs for at least the first several weeks that you can get later on in the draft but if you've just got like a Jay Ajayi and they tell you to draft Kenyon Drake later on don't do that just to take a roster spot like also don't don't overdraft defenses and kickers um, in in any league that I've been in with, you know, kind of normal people who aren't don't study fantasy. They tend to do that. Don't, don't just do that because everyone else is running on that in your draft. You know, just wait. I usually wait for my last couple picks to do that because when those people make a run on tight ends, kickers and defenses, you can be picking up the running backs and wide receivers that they're passing out. Um, so, you know, just, just kind of, kind of stick to your original thoughts altogether. That's very good advice, Jake. Thank you so much once again for joining us. And we definitely hope to have you on in the very, very near future. Have a great Labor Day weekend and enjoy the start of football season. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on again. And thank you for your patience while I knock out this other stuff. You're very welcome as always, Jake, and thank you as well. And that's all for today here on Sports Crunch with D. Crom. But we will be back next week with previews and predictions for every NFL opening week game. So stay tuned as our good friend Shelby Dermer will rejoin the program. Also, be sure to check out the episode archive as well as an up-to-date blog of mine at sportscrunch.com. And remember, that is crunch with a K. For Jake Arthur, our producer Chris Broadhead, man in the box, I'm David Cromelo saying so long, have a great Labor Day weekend, and of course, stay awesome.